0: Hello and welcome to the Body Electric Podcast This is episode 26 Today's guest is the amazing Lorne Lofsky I'm your host, Nathan Hiltz It's a real pleasure to be here today I'm very excited about this chat um, It was the first time I got nervous uh, for doing one of these podcasts uh, because I just just think Lorne is just the ultimate, he's the best uh, There's no one that really compares to him and his artistry, it's just untouchable So uh, this was really cool I think there's a lot of great information here um, I hope you like it. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to my st- former student, Stephen Luxton, for doing the uh, uh, sound on this one. Uh, some of you had mentioned that the the mix is a little bit low in your headphones, so uh, uh, it should be better this week. Thanks, Stephen, for, uh, for checking that out. And if you want to learn a little bit more about me, you can visit me at uh, www.nathanhilts.com All right, enjoy the podcast. Bye. Hey Lauren, how's it going, man? Good hey, man. Good to see you. You too? Yeah. Long time. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Nice to be up here in Newmarket. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Are you are you
0: from Newmarket? No,
1: I grew up in Toronto. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I grew up around the Dufferin and Finch area. Oh, okay. I came up here with my wife uh ninety two. Ninety two. Sweet. Yeah. Wow.
0: Sweet. Yeah. Dufferin and Finch, eh?
1: Yeah. Like, I've uh, been close to York University. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sort of in between Bathurst and Shepherd and York University. I mean, I don't know if you know that part of town. Like, North York. Kind right. Of there, you
0: know. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So. Uh, a lot of changes since, uh, oh, since those days, eh? Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: especially the university. Now the subway's going there, and there's a million new buildings there, and it's. It's like a mini city there now. It's, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, it feels exciting.
0: pretty city-like up here too. Yeah, it's getting there for sure. Yeah, yeah. A, lot
1: of, a lot of building. You know, yeah,
0: so. great. Yeah, cool. Well, thank you for having me over. No, it's Pleasure. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, so, you know, I thought we'd talk a little bit maybe about where you come from musically a little bit. Oh, sure. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, So did you pick up? A, when did you pick up a guitar?
1: I think I was about 11 initially, and a friend of mine at the time, his parents bought him a guitar, and of course I had to have one just for that reason, <laughs> yeah. and, you know. And I took some I took some classical lessons, but I had a lousy steel string guitar. I'll never forget the name of it. It was called a Grange, and I bought it at, you know, Henry uh, Henry and Company or yeah. Henry's Cameras. Oh yeah, it's Henry's a camera cameras. chain, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so the original Henry store was at the corner of Church and Queen. It's a pawnbroker, and there's still pawnbrokers along there. Mm-hmm. So I went in there and got that for, um, yeah, the guitar was sixteen dollars. Wow! I mean, it was a piece of junk. Yeah, I mean, it was it was barely playable. You know, and it had no calluses. Yeah, and I and I I went uh, I took some lessons with this teacher that was about sixteen, and she, I mean, it's I think she could play, you know, a few things in the classical vein, and I did the Aaron Shearer, you mm-hmm. know, the you know the. Mm-hmm.
0: Right, right. You
1: know, for, oh, right and 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 all it, yeah, all that oh, stuff, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. yeah, And ironically, I went back, I went back to the conservatory, um, well, God, probably like in the very late 80s, because I, I wanted to try and get some stronger right hand technique, because mm-hmm. I, when I started playing with, trying to play with my fingers, I had no idea what to do. It was like complete hit and miss, because I was always a plectrum player. You know. Yeah. So, but anyway, yeah, so I, um, yeah, I got the guitar at age 11, then I got a decent guitar, uh at 13. This, you know, discovered rock and roll, got a little Sony tape recorder, tried to lift a few things. I mean, I don't have perfect picture or anything, so it took me forever to learn anything. Mm. Uh, you know, discovered cream, played in a garage band, played at some, what they used to call teen clubs. Okay. You know, like, Was that like a dance or something? Yeah, you played yeah. dances at high schools and junior highs, you know, I oh, yeah. used to call, I guess before my time, uh, sock hops or something, you know, p- parties at school. Yeah. And they'd hire a band and we'd play, you know, like, you know. Just like rock and roll nice, and crap nice. and All that stuff. And then, uh, I guess, and then late teens, still playing rock and roll. Mm. And then my good friend Shelly Berger, who's my oldest friend, he, I think I was hit pl- hit at his place one time, and he was getting into jazz. And I had no idea what that stuff was all about. And he put on, I think he put on Kind of Blue. Mm. Pretty sure that's how it went down. So I heard that and went, wow, you know. With incredible music, and I had no idea. I loved it, but I had yeah. no idea—like not a clue. It—it it was like it was like Greek. Like I just didn't get it at all. Right, you know? right. And then a little bit later, uh, I heard, uh, I heard Lenny Bro. Actually, I was telling the story the other night. There was used to be a show on. I think the radio station was called CKFH in Toronto, and there was a guy named Terry David Mulligan. Who was a you know a radio DJ and then he became a VJ when video shit started. I remember. Yeah. I remember him. Yeah. Anyway, he had a he had a really cool show and it was called the Open Lid and he would play like alternative kind of stuff like uh, you know rock stuff that you wouldn't hear on Chum AM and stuff like that. It was a little grittier, a little more you know I guess more adventurous in a way. And one night he played Lenny Bro playing That's All. Ah. And I was just going to sleep. And I sat up in my bed and went, What the hell is that? The Merle Travis tune? Is that yeah, the one? Yeah, 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 yeah. It starts off, you know, <laughs> Now some people, people go, go to school. Yeah, trying to learn how to teach. Yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. yeah. Anyway, so I heard that and I sat up a bit and I was going, Wow, I hope they say who it was. And of course they didn't. So <laughs> about a year and a half to two years went by and I was at someone's house at a party and they were spinning some records. And I heard that and went, who is that? They said, Oh, it's Lenny Bruce. I said, that's the thing I heard, you know, almost two years earlier. Wow. It was incredible. And then that's when I started getting more into jazz. You know, then i go to George's Spaghetti House and, you know, things were in the Colonial and there was, there was a lot of stuff happening back then. I sort of caught the tail end of, like, the busy, busy stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, It's very different now, as you know.
0: He was Lenny around at that time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was
1: playing at Bourbon Street and at George's, and then he went to the States for a while, and then he met his tragic end a few years later. Did you ever see the documentary on him? I did. Yeah, by his daughter, Emily. He was Mm -hmm. really great. Yeah, it's a wonderful documentary. Really sad, but what a talent. Anyway, and then, uh, and then I just, 1974, and now we're going fast forward, and then 74... I was at Shelley Burgers' parents' cottage, or pure Desmond. I heard remember hearing.
0: Yeah, there and I, it is, yeah. And I went, wow, what is that?
1: <laughs> I found out who it was, because they actually announced it. The show was called All That Jazz. That was, that was CKFM, the other one was CKFH. It was a guy named Phil McKellar, who's no, no longer with us, and he was the host of the show. And he said, and that was Paul Desmond featuring Ed Picker. And I went out probably the next day Got the record, put it on the turntable, transferred it to like a seven-inch reel-to-reel thing, and, and just said, I got to figure out what this guy's
0: doing, like no clue. Right, but, but like I, you didn't know? Did you know tunes at that
1: point? Well, I knew a, I knew a few, you know, but yeah. that was that was for me. That was the introduction to the importance of learning standard repertoire. I mean, even if even if like you know like people of, of the you know younger generation you know younger people like people how old are you 36 okay well I'm 63 so my generation it was all about like tunes mm-hmm. but you know you strike me as someone that's really into the repertoire which is great but people your age are actually not that I'm an old fart but, but your generation there's a lot of people that don't seem to want to check out the tradition because mm-hmm. everything is really built on that you could write some fantastic original material if you have a good grasp on what's come before mm-hmm. you know i mean i don't mean necessarily charlie christian but you know like checking out all the great old standards mm. because there's just um you know there's a wealth of information there harmonically oh, yeah. and like trying to harmonize those tunes i mean there's so many different ways that they can go you know mm. i mean it's it's a real treasure trove as far as i'm concerned oh
0: yeah so i
1: spend a lot of my time like trying to learn tunes play tunes in different time signatures different keys Because, you know, on the guitar, just like the piano, certain keys ring, you know, like if I was going to play a a tune in the key of D, all of a sudden you could play just your own open pedal, like, you know, things just ring differently in different keys. So I'm always looking for different keys. Yeah, cool. You know, and the other thing too about that, even though this is kind of an aside to what we were talking about. but when you play songs in different keys, you also discover things that you wouldn't play if you only play it in the usual key. Mm-hmm. Because you wind up sort of following different avenues. Mm-hmm. Also you get different uh, voicing combinations. Mm-hmm. You know, As soon as you play in like a sharp key, you've, you've always got at least two open strings that you can use for voicings. Mm-hmm. So right away you're going to get a different sonority and that to me is really important you know,
0: right. uh, yeah it so. really refreshes an old tune to oh, me. Totally. Like, a tune, like a tune that i played over and over yeah. just to take it to a different key all of a sudden i start screwing it up and i'm like oh i didn't know that as well as i thought right I but
1: that's see that's the other thing too you'll find though if you wind up trying to do a tune in a couple of different keys and and discover things along the way when you go back to the new key believe it or not or, you know or the original key i should say you'll you'll discover you'll see other things that you didn't see before Mm. by going through the process of going through maybe some different root movements Mm -hmm. you know especially like doing like the the, I mean I don't really I play a little bit of solo guitar on occasion but but when you investigate that you know you you can see all these different pathways you know uh, different avenues harmonically that you could explore Mm. and of course you have to know the melody like really well otherwise you can't take liberties because you don't know what you're changing Mm. you know Mm-hmm. So it's... Uh,
0: so has harmony always really fascinated you? Yeah, it has, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Well, especially, like, when I, you know, getting back to this, my sort of journey or whatever, but when I discovered Ed, I just thought, like, I listened to his voicings mm-hmm. and his touch. Yeah. I mean, it was such an inspiration, you yeah. know, um, <clears throat> and it's, uh, it's a large part of my DNA. It's mm-hmm. just there. Just like if I went back a couple years, if I went... Strange Brew by The Cream. I wanted to be Eric Clapton when I was a teenager, right. when I heard him play. But then after a while, I realized he's playing a lot of the same shit over and over. It's great shit, but mm-hmm. it's a little repetitive, you know. Yeah. And you know, of course, over the last forty-five years, none of that's changed. Mm-hmm. Whereas, when I heard jazz players, you know, play in different recordings, I noticed that these guys were actually evolving. Even though I didn't really know what they were doing, I knew that there was a state of development that they were a part of. You know, mm-hmm. evolution and I just thought that was well I thought that was to me it was incredibly daunting but at mm-hmm. the same time it was incredibly inspiring yeah you know for a long time when I was young I remember one time being a student at York University and listening to Jim Hall because I got into Jim Hall a lot too you know listening to uh, Concierto it was the old CTI when he oh, goes know, yeah all you know, that's yeah, and I remember him going like, <coughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweep the sweep thing, right? Yeah. And I thought, how the hell does he do that? So I was—I'll never forget—I was actually sitting in room 120 in Bethune College, by myself, and my hand slipped. I went, I went, I went. I said, that's it. That's how he does it. So for the for the yeah, yeah, yeah. And he yeah. got that from Bill. And, yeah, because Bill, on uh, on Minority, build does something like, right. you know, something right. similar to that, you know, yeah, and it's yeah. just like a backwards kind of a sweep. Anyway, so to me that was like a revelation, so I thought at the time, I thought, well, there is hope. I just discovered something really cool that Jim Hall plays. Right. You know, and then of course, as you know, one thing feeds on the other, and, um, yeah, and, I, it, and then from there basically it was just lots, tons and tons and tons of listening, uh, like playing all the time, and just like practicing for hours a day. That's mm-hmm. all I, you know, that's was what I've been doing for the last 45 years. <laughs> so there's so, never any
0: question that you wanted to be a musician? Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I, I definitely had the, yeah, the virus took hold. Yeah, it was wasn't. there ever any other thing that you thought you might do? Not, no, not really. I mean, you know, we all have, I wouldn't call it dark times, but we all have times when it's like, wow, this is really, it's frustrating. You know, it's hard right. to make a living. Mm-hmm. You know, the phone's not ringing the way it used to, for whatever reason. I mean, you, and, and you, you know, you can't think about stuff like that. Things are all, everything is cyclical, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just different things happen at different times. You know, sometimes you get busy, then you're not busy, you know, and uh, but then we do other things, you know, like we teach, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, we practice,
0: you know. Tons, yeah,
1: yeah. You know, yeah. So um, yeah, and it's just been uh, in a nutshell. It's just been an incredibly uh, long journey, and I've been I have to say I've been like I've been very very fortunate. I mean I got to play with Ed a lot, you know my yeah. mentor, you know. Yeah. Um, I I got to play with a lot of great players, you know when you know back in the sort of heyday or whatever, you know back when there were six night gigs, and you had a chance to play tunes for more than one night or or two nights. Mm-hmm. You know? I think now the max is three if you're lucky. Yeah. You know, but so it was. It was just a great. It was like being in the trenches. And like when I when I was playing at Bourbon Street, which used to be right where, the Rex is right beside it. Right beside the Rex, there's like a, a, a like an office building. A new building. There's and there's a martini. Yeah, there's a there's a martini bar in, yeah. the, in, the, in the in the main floor. Yeah. There used to be a little parquet there. That's where Bourbon Street. I played there with Chet Baker and you know just a whole whack of people. And it was like it was like being in the trenches.
2: Mm.
1: You know, and, and people coming in saying. Um, how about this? And I'd say, well, you know what, I don't really know that, but I'll, I'll learn it for tomorrow. And, and 90% of the time or more, everybody I played with there was so cool, they said, no problem. And some would come with uh, books, you know, like lead sheets or whatever. Mm. And other people uh, would just come with, um, like, chord charts. And other people would expect you to know not every tune ever written, but lots of tunes. And I was like an ex-rock and roll guitar player. I had really <laughs> long hair and a Les Paul. And I'm there trying to play jazz. And I'm playing with people like Carl Fontana and Bob Brookmeyer and Chet Baker. You know, just a whole whack of people. And I learned so much from playing with them. I mean, it was just, it was incredible. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't, you know, never mind going to Berkeley or going to Humber or York or whatever. You know, you can't buy that. That's the real deal. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's how all those cats learned to play. Yeah. They didn't go to music school. They they learned in the trenches, Mm -hmm. you know. I mean, and it's a great way to learn because it's the most realistic way to learn.
0: Right you know, okay. uh, did you and Ed talk about music?
1: a little bit not much no not much I mean, no and I think we did one rehearsal once for uh, two rehearsals for the two recordings that we did mm-hmm. and other than that we essentially just played right yeah so it was it was wow. I mean for me it was
0: it was great you know Wow so I used to try to talk to him when I was oh, he well, you know he's a very
1: well you know he's a very um, you know as you know he's a very soft-spoken individual yeah. and if he's got something to say he'll say it and if he doesn't He won't, right? You know, and I think that, and you know what? He is, he is the way he plays. Like there's nothing wasted, you know. If he wants to play, you know, you know, know, he'll just do that. Like it's like, you know, melody and and beautiful voicings and all that stuff. And he won't fly all over the place like uh, Jimmy Bruno or. You know there's a lot of guys around and not just on the guitar I mean we happen to be guitar players but there's a lot of people around that have copious amounts of technique mm-hmm. and sometimes technique gets in the way right because uh, I think sometimes you know in the absence of inspiration or whatever you want or creative thought instead of leaving space Sometimes, and I've done this in the past too, where you know I should be leaving space, and all of a sudden I just play a whole bunch of shit or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. we all we all have done that. Mm-hmm. It just, it's just part of the. Well, time. It's I've like learning well, restraint and learning. It's part of the the, uh, the maturation, yeah. you know, the maturing process. Mm-hmm. You know, so.
0: I feel pressure sometimes to play a lot of notes. You know, like uh, I work as a side man a lot, right. and um, there's this kind of attitude that I encounter a lot where it's. Um, Everything has to come to a big climax. You right. know, everything's yeah, going to yeah, yeah. be a good show, you yeah. know, and uh, audiences even make me feel that way a little bit too. I, yeah. I don't know. I feel that, that pressure.:
1: Yeah, no I, I, I get what you're saying yeah I mean at this point in my life I just I, don't, I really don't care about that, but I mean, at one point I certainly did, and I know exactly how, how that feels because I went through that too. Now is I just shut my eyes and whatever's going to come out is going to come out. and if I feel like playing a whole whack of notes, I will, and if I don't, I won't. Right. You know, I mean, I don't always like what I play, most of the time I don't really like what I play, but I can deal with that now. <laughs> did you ever, did you ever go through a period I, where you...
0: You know, I still feel that way. I, you I, ever go like, I oh really man, I really can't, I really, yeah, yeah I, I'm constantly looking for renewal. I want, you know, I'm... Well, yeah, but that's part know. of the, but that's part of the thing that we
1: do anyway. I mean, when we try and keep growing mm. for the years, th- that's a natural... Uh, like part of a of musical or a creative or artistic or whatever you want to call it, evolution, right? Mm. We're always looking for different things. So we're always, we're, we're basically a living example of a work in progress. Not just as guitar players, but as human beings too. Mm. I mean, the two are t- so intertwined. Mm. But yeah, but the, the point is, um, you know, you want to be able to get to the point where you can say, well, you know, I'm, I'm playing at a certain level now, or this is what I'm sort of doing, this is indicative of what, what I'm doing right now. And I'm okay with that because, you know, I know that things keep developing, you know. Uh, I'm sure if you heard some early recordings of yourself, you'd hear some stuff that you said, you know, some of that sounds really good, right? right? And, yeah. then, so, and then yeah. other stuff, you say, well, I don't do that. I don't do that other stuff anymore, but um, it doesn't matter, you know, yeah. because it's just, it's just, you know, it's, it's sort of like a river or whatever. It, it just, you know, hopefully the journey, like things keep moving, yeah. right? We don't want to stand still. Mm. You know, we, that's one thing we don't want to do. If we do that, we'll be like a a boulder. We'll be inert. Yeah. Know? We won't. You know, it's just like we're there and we just we're taking up
0: space. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, let's play some. Yeah. Notes. Yeah. Let's yeah. play something. What do you want to do? Um, well, do, do you want to do? Uh, I remember you. Sure. Yeah. It's yeah. The, uh, yeah. Uh, what key do you like for that?
1: Uh, I don't know F. Is F? That cool Great. Okay. All, All right. right. And I guess um, at well at the end. Um, what do you do at the end? I'm just curious. Do you, you oh, go like you know da 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 And the oh, back, yeah, and yeah, then and back, then back like, down. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 All right. Glad we had this. No beg yeah, no because <laughs> you can go up one more or two. I've heard that, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you wind up on F sharp seven which takes you just back to the yeah, F button.
0: Oh brilliant. Yeah. Um, well,
1: we don't have to do that, so we'll, let's, we'll just play it and see what Maybe happens. tomorrow night. I'll do that. Oh, yeah. I'll go home and practice oh, Whatever Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's just for the tag. Okay. Yeah, whatever you want. you want it. Uh you want the line, the chords? Yeah, I'll take the chords. You okay, can play okay. the melodies. Okay. One, two, one,
2: two, three. (音楽) Thank you.
0: should do this more. Yeah, that'd be totally. fun
1: to get together and play. Maybe even try and get a two-guitar gig somewhere. So yeah, why fun. not? I mean,
0: you know, I I'm, uh, I live near Mazetta. I'm due for, uh, for oh, a for right? So maybe I'll ask Asafa. Uh, where do you... Asafa, uh, yeah, yeah? Where do you uh, St. Clair Bathurst. Oh, okay. yeah. What street do you want? Are you right on... Hilton, Hilton Avenue. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. One I block about, east yeah, yeah, of... Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I can actually walk... If I have a gig at Casaloma, Loma or if I have a gig at Mazetta, I can walk to work, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that.
1: Nice for a change instead of driving. All I do is drive, man. Well, especially being a period.
0: Oh yeah, I feel a lot like.
1: of miles on the car. So
0: anyway, so um, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about the right hand that you, you brought up earlier. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, um, I've thought about that a bit too, uh, but I find it so hard to get lines happening uh, with with uh, fingerstyle. Well, actually, I, I do Yeah, why don't you? I'm curious. Why don't you
1: show me? Like, what do you do when you play lines with fingerstyle? Um, so like I,
0: do, I I leave with my middle finger. thought about it because yes. i've heard that you do it but not really that sounds good i mean that sounds like it's
1: working for you. yeah i mean i just i'm not sure why i do this but uh, although someone told me this is actually what loot players do it's like it moves. is yeah. well
0: don't they turn it around though uh, that, there's uh, an opposite uh, yeah
1: well maybe i, I don't know but.
0: i think you're right yeah yeah there is yeah. yeah but the thing
1: i the thing i like about playing with the uh with the thumb pick is it puts my hand at a different angle and that way I can also you know sometimes you play a note and then you'll get this um, uh, extra harmonic that you don't want you know if you did this if you go like and then you get these other notes or this you know, oh yeah you do this
0: right right, right. like an artificial so, yeah yeah component. but you don't
1: but you don't necessarily or sympathetic harmonics I guess mm-hmm. that you don't really want mm-hmm. so when I like if I play with just my fingers my hand's at a different angle, and I don't like the angle it's at, and Uh I can't do any of that dampening, not to get this kind of sound, but just to dampen anything I don't want to ring. Uh The other thing is I can get more speed, uh, not that it's about playing fast, but more articulation, when I play with the thumb and my first finger, and this is, I mean, that's sort of my go-to for eighth notes, you know, like... And once well, if I cross three strings, then I'll use three fingers. And uh then so depending on how many strings I want to cross, I would assign another finger. Uh You know, so if I wanted to go like like, you know, if I wanted to play like a four-note ARP or something. I would would use four fingers, three note, three. Then if I wanted to do would incorporate different finger combinations. But for the linear, just the main 8th note thing.
2: Occasional. Yeah, and then,
1: see the, the plastic on the picks too heavy to, to do any picking so methods. you don't actually pull the pick
0: and do the no uh, no i yeah, just i just use it like
1: it. it's a thumb like an extension of the thumb cut. Yeah. so i mean i am just so used to doing that now that to me it, it just that feels comfortable
0: Right. just like what you're doing
1: works for you right it's, it's, an it's individual actually bar- thing.
0: you know that's been a barrier for me getting into the thumb pick because it does change the angle of your hand and i'm so used to uh, no this i, I position, get i totally you know? get yeah i get that for sure uh, yeah, so and you yeah. usually lead with your thumb it's yeah sort yeah of yeah. that's sort of your downstroke yeah
1: yeah although and, and the other thing too that's interesting too, uh, even on the electric guitar, like if I was going to play, um, let see, like if I was going to play a melody, like, uh, I don't know, let's say it's like uh, My One and Only Love, and if I did, here, here it's it's more trebly, right? Yeah. More percussive? Yep. So what I do sometimes is I'll go... I'll use the I'll use the rest stroke sometimes. Ah, interesting. Yeah, on the electric, and you hear you hear the huge difference in the body of the note. If I went, like... Right. Right. even if I hit it really hard with a free stroke, it's a lot thinner sounding, right? It's a huge difference. Yeah. Absolutely. So whenever I can, I try and use the rest stroke. Obviously, when I play eighth notes, a I couldn't, and b I wouldn't have I wouldn't have time to recover to get to the next note, sort mm-hmm. of. and also, I don't mind that the notes are shorter because at a faster tempo.
0: They're obviously more compressed. Mm. You know what I mean' they're, so, they're just naturally more clipped. Anyway, right. And so. did, did you practice your te- that technique in a clinical way or mostly just in you know in improvising and on? tune? Well,
1: when I, when I initially like tweaked onto that when I went back to the conservatory and took about a year and a half or so of lessons with this guy Bob, Robert Hamilton, who taught there. I don't know maybe he's still there. Great teacher. really nice player. And we just talked about some really, really, ba- I wanted to get some just basic stuff, you know, like to get, try and really develop the difference between the rest stroke, the free stroke, uh, getting some interdependence between the fingers. Because I wanted to, around that time too, just before that, I, well a few years before that when I discovered like Bill Evans, who, who I absolutely adore, that, that sound that he gets, um, I'm trying to get that on the guitar and you know I'm not I'm not there but the idea of like when you play a voicing you want it to be like, you know, like everything just, everything comes out nice and evenly, all the voices speak evenly, you know. And also to develop the independence of like a, um, like I could play a melody or try and play a melody at a certain volume Trying to so whatever the volume of the melody note is, I want to play the harmony quieter. Mm -hmm. So I could start off something like this, you know. Mm -hmm. So I want to get to the point where I can actually play the the voicings that they're almost silent but not quite, And and have the independence. two people playing it yeah. all. like where were so where the, the the accompaniment is is really subordinate to the melody mm. and it, and it, it, it there's enough contrast dynamically between the two now of course if we're playing I remember you and it's in you know and the tempos kind of up and there's a drummer like kicking ass yeah well that goes out the door yeah. but when you're doing a ballad or you're doing an introduction to a tune it's good to be able to kind of call upon that technique. Right,
0: and control those. Yeah, controls.
1: that's what I mean. Like, And, and that's and that's, that's like, like no volume pedal, no effects, no nothing. It's just hand, mm-hmm. you know. And to really get, really get into that kind of sound. And it's, I mean, it's really hard. It takes years, you know. Yeah. You're know, still working on it, for sure. That's so, you know, it's beautiful. It's yeah, trying to get a nice, rich sound. Yeah,
0: you know, there's moments where you do sound like a piano. I, I've been listening to uh, this new Barry Elms record. Oh, yeah. And some, I forget which tune it was, uh, You've got the first solo. Uh, there's some horn backgrounds on there, but just for that first few notes, I'm like, that sounded like a piano. Like a little that sunflower,
1: like, maybe or something. Maybe like that, I'm not or, sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: But anyway, that, yeah, that's the thing that I've been, I've, I've been uh,
1: trying to go, and also like another great example of that as a guitar player. I mean, Ed would get those sounds too. Like when he did this thing on um, uh, that's on "Squeeze Me" part of his same thing it, it for every once in a while it sounds like it's almost like an electric piano yeah just again because everything it everything's so even yeah and the voice. it has you know, something
0: to do with the voices you're using too like it seems to be like a bit of a separation between right the, yeah, the yeah of like wider yeah sort yeah of yeah exactly voices. yeah yeah like one of the things
1: that yeah just like that yeah totally totally yeah yeah like one of the things that that uh, i remember uh, hearing lenny do and I show my students this, and it, he was actually, it was ingenious what he did, and just like a brief example, if he, um, if I took this shape, which of course we both know, and I decide to take, like, get rid of the D, pretending that that's the root, and I'll play it here, like I'll play it on the A, D, and G string. So all of a sudden now I've got two, three, or two other strings I can play harmony notes with, or linear notes, right? Teaching the force. and yeah, and then yeah. I, then I can go on more. Yeah. yeah. And of course, if you have a cutaway, I mean, you can't do it on that thing, but but you can do it on your electric. You've mm. got a cutaway on your electric, don't you? I right? do. Yeah. 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 So anyway, if I did like the standard the chordal shapes for it, this, and then this, and this, well, that's just the makings of a two-five-one, right? Two-five. Yeah. yeah. So if I go here, mm. and then again, we're trying to sort of have the melody almost sound like a singer.
0: Or, you know, like, mm-hmm, yeah. You go almost like you lead with the melody sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, even that mo- like I yeah. Know, momentary. Yeah, yeah, just, exactly. Yeah, just like a yeah. so. Dis- so, I mean, so yeah. So
1: yeah. create. It's sort of like getting more mileage out of a voicing you're going to play anyway. Mm. That way, it sounds like there's more than one thing happening. And then if we do the non-diatonic, you know, the flat thirteen version. If I do it up here now, I'm actually playing shapes that are actually in the lower register, but because I'm playing them really high up on the lower strings, I've got the upper register. Mm-hmm. So it's two registers happening simultaneously. Yeah. So that was one of one of uh, Lenny's many contributions. Yeah. You know, so if I did something like this for a two five, you know, so that that's really like it's just like a, a rootless D minor seven chord. You know. sorry. So I got, like, a mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I love playing chords up there because they're not actually... They're not actually upper register chords. The melody's upper register, yeah. but the harmony is lower register. Yeah. And so the, it and the sounds like strings also distinguish oh yeah, yeah. The, the tone yeah. even yeah. more. Yeah. So. Yeah. These are like thirteen to fifty-six. So that so the, you know if I go. When I play something up there it doesn't crap out hmm. like it would with a lighter. I'm push. gonna have
0: to show you sometime my uh, I have an Ibanez guitar as well, but it's a seven string. Oh yeah. It's short scale. Right. So I set it up with a high A. Oh, string, and it won't so pop you even and it doesn't pop. Yeah. yeah it's which really is, nice. Because I
1: had a telly built many years ago that had uh, eight strings and except it was a like a standard Fender scale. Oh yeah. And I was going up and up and it up and never eight, happened, right? No. So I thought so I I made it a G on top. So it still worked out okay.
0: Okay. Cool. eight strings so one lower one
1: higher yeah like I, and i tuned the low one down to a c so the, so the open voicing was just like this giant c6 9 major 7 with a, a double a fifth mm. so and then you know and then when you play different note combinations and because there was a third on top it actually lent itself to a lot of Need sounds especially for diminished type voicings and things like that interesting yeah more yeah the more interesting to Yeah, I feel, I feel
0: like a complete baby when I pick up the seven string though uh, it's like a single oh, string oh. it's like yeah I know like I, it goes, when yeah. I
1: first got mine I thought well what have I done yeah I yeah. this guy named Peter Elias he, uh, he built it and he, he builds acoustic basses and he's a, an incredible luth here uh, anyway he built me this thing and he did a great job and I picked it up and I thought oh my lord so what I had to do for about six months was look at it like um, like I had to look at just the inner six or the middle six, and I would just play on the middle six for a while, and sort of got used to it. Every once in a while, I would sort of venture up or down, yeah, yeah. and then I started incorporating things. And then after
0: a while, I got totally used to it, and it wow. felt felt good. It's kind of good for your technique in a way to like not be dependent on that uh, that feeling of where that last string is, or that, and still play the same thing. Right. You know? and
1: it's all it, what it also does too it kind of screws up all the muscle memory stuff because it's a whole other, it's like right. a whole other animal which is awesome. which is yeah that's what I mean right. that's so you know so while, while we're getting frustrated with doing that something like that mm. we're growing at the same time yeah right yeah. so you know
0: you have to kind of look
1: at it that way it's just a I always wanted to start. do
0: that thing that uh, I hear Joni Mitchell did we just screw up the tuning of the guitar and try to write something or try to play something? Right. I think Kurt Rosenwinkel is, is someone that does is that right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, another approach to that. Yeah, you, I mean,
1: you could come up with some really interesting things that don't necessarily have like a, you know, in terms of um, nomenclature, you might not be able, you couldn't call it like, you know, C major 7 flat 9, minus 3 natural 3. You know, it was just, it's like a sound. You yeah. know what I mean? You, you can't yeah. use conventional terminology. Mm hmm. Totally. C- but,
0: uh, well, yeah. let's uh, let's play something else. Okay. Um, do you feel like doing? Uh, what was that uh, bossa that we were going to do? Turn uh... Out the stars. Oh no, turn Out the stars. Oh, I'm, I'm thinking it's... of. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. You know what? I don't think I have that one. Oh no, that's fine. <laughs> no, don't worry about it. That's yeah, cool. yeah. What yeah. am I thinking, now? You must believe in yeah, speed. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. See here.
1: I'll try that. You want to do that? Well, yeah, I mean, I might make the odd mistake, but I'll, I'll give it a shot. Okay, yeah. cool. It's jazz. Thank you. Yeah. You want the line, or? Uh, or? No, you, do, you okay. can do it. Okay, all right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, where, what tempo do you want Yeah. You want to swing it? Oh, what were you... Oh, oh, did I you want Latin, but... Uh, Oh, well, we can do no, it like that if you want.
0: No, swing is good. Yeah, okay. Yeah,
1: good. I, I, my favorite version is Bill Evans' version, and he right. plays it as a swing. Yeah, let's see that. So I guess I'm a little biased that way. I don't know. Yeah. So. No problem. But okay. One, a two, a one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. I haven't played it in a while, so it was a little a little wow. tentative on my part, but I, yeah. I got through it. So cool. I'm I'll gonna, try anything. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. I'm gonna have
0: to look at Turn Up the Stars again. Oh that's
1: yeah, that's a killer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, do do you listen to a lot of piano players?
1: Um you know, to be honest with you, I I don't listen to a lot of music anymore. No I mean I, I listen to music, don't get me wrong. But I mean I I'm a I'm a real uh, practice a holic so every chance I get I'm trying to work on things and, uh, because Lord knows I got so much stuff I want to work on um, yeah so that's what I do, I'll, like I'll listen to music you know and I'll, I'll uh, get some inspiration from it and then it make, pretty quickly makes me want to go to my guitar so I guess I'm sure for you it's the same like if you hear something you can tell if, it, if something, uh, if it's inspiring to you if it makes you not necessarily want to emulate what you're hearing but it makes you want it makes you want to look deep inside yourself and you'll you'll wind up discovering something that was there all along that you didn't know was there.
2: Mm.
1: I mean, I find that fascinating. you know sometimes like you'll play it you'll be in the middle of playing a solo or something and you go, "Wow, where did that come from?" Right You know what I mean Yeah, and it's either something that you might have uh, you know because we all you know as I said, you know we all work on different things technically, musically, and otherwise, and after a while you kind of put it on the shelf because you kind of get tired of mm-hmm. you know working so hard to try and learn it, you say, well, enough of this, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's not natural anymore, kind of thing. So then you put it on the shelf, and then at some point, you know, you're playing, and then something just comes out and you're playing, and you go, wow, that was sort of based on what I was doing three or four months ago, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's great, but these things kind of just, they filter through somehow, you know.
0: I really have a up and down, you know, I have periods of inspiration, and kind of always followed by periods of low, and then... Oh yeah, yeah but, you know,
1: I think that's a very natural thing, though, too. I think, you know what, I like actually, was speaking of the, the Goldbergs, like the other day, I mean I primarily work on jazz and stuff like that, but I mean, I play, I love playing through Bach, like the mm-hmm. potatoes and the lute suites and stuff like that. I don't do it as much as I used to, but anyway, I pulled that book out and I just thought, man, this is, and I do it like piecemeal, because I'm, you know, I'm trying to just read the bloody notes. I mean, I can read, but... Do you read it on the electric or do you play it on the nylon? Uh... I've got a nylon, but I believe it or not, I have, I've actually played it on the steel string for oh, my chops right. the other day, and that, but primarily on the electric. Yeah. For your chops, what do you mean, like just again? Well, because that's potential. got a harder action.
0: Right. Yeah. So, um, so if I play on that, then I get to this thing, at, you know, by comparison, it like you, swinging two bats or whatever. Yeah. Can I, yeah. Yeah. I and didn't then, know you could do that. Uh, this is news to me. I didn't know that you play on a harder action, and then. It yeah. It, yeah. Oh cool. yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah, just like,
1: then you go, wow, this is a lot easier. <laughs> okay. Like Roddy Elias would sometimes practice, um, I guess, certain things on his uh, acoustic guitar, and then he pick up like a, you know, a steel string electric that he's got or something, and say, wow, it's so much easier. Mm. Like,
0: it just feels effortless to uh, to do that, you know, so. Hello, sweetheart. Who's this? Flair, our doggie. Flair, hey, beautiful. Golden Retriever? Yeah. Oh, she's just over see five. Ya. Nice. Good girl.
1: But uh, yeah, uh, yeah. But I, I, I totally get what you mean, though. Like the, you know, the up and down thing for sure. But I find for me, if I want to, one thing that keeps me engaged is to, is to take some tunes that I know or, or think I know fairly well, and then, as I said earlier, either try them in a different key. But for me, the big thing these days, and it's just for my own musical growth, is trying them in different time signatures. Mm. I like, I like trying to play. Notice the word try. I like, uh, I like the. Uh, Time signature seven and five. Right. So I'll take some standard tunes, and I and I take them in sometimes to um, to workshops. You know, like where I'll write out a bebop head and I'll do some surgery on it and we'll do it. So, <laughs> you well, know, like you know, just like uh, for example, for like two, three, one. Seven four, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, or, yeah and, uh, maybe not necessarily that fast, or some standard tunes, and sometimes uh, like I play a lot with, uh, or as often as I can with Barry Romberg mm-hmm. and Kieran. You know, yeah. we have a little trio, and we get gigs once in a while, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes I'll just I'll say, let's do Dolphin Dance in five, or let's do whatever, and mm-hmm. you know they they can they're cool with that, mm-hmm. because for me uh, I like the challenge, mm-hmm. you know, I like to be able to go you know like. Mm-hmm. Say, I'll try that again. Um, yeah, then you have yeah. to paraphrase the melody and sure. yeah, so it's so it's cool. So it gets you out of the box. Hmm. So I mean, I'll, do, I'll, I'll try that and sometimes it's going to be ragged, but I, I like the challenge and I also like the fact that any sort of licks, and we all have them, uh, that I know they're not going to come out the same way, for obvious reasons. So it forces you, I, I sort of think of playing in odd time signatures as kind of a bullshit filter.
0: Right. Like in other words,
1: you, it, it helps you really edit out all, all the stuff that you know uh, and can play very easily. Right. Almost too easily. Yeah. Like I was saying, you know, where it's just like, I don't know what to play. Oh, I'll play this. Yeah. This will get me through here. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so it's, a, it's a good way to sort of really stay focused. I mean, you really have to be focused, you know, at all times when you play music. But when you're playing odd times and you're playing a tune that's normally in three or four and you're doing it in five or seven you better be on like you better be thinking about what's going on yeah
0: you know? absolutely yeah, and you so, your ears and yeah
1: yeah so it's really it's just great for concentration and really it being in the moment that much more mm. like being completely present in what's happening otherwise you're gonna you're gonna go off the rails every other beat mm. you know what I mean yeah so I I do it for that reason you know not, not I mean it's not playing at odd times is no longer considered hip and I would never do it for that reason anyway it's just it's just another uh, it's another opportunity for development. Mm.
0: And then when that's you go back to the regular time signature, <laughs> I mean that's. And then you start, you. and
1: then you start playing like odd, <coughs> odd groupings in the regular time signature mm. that you normally wouldn't from experiencing that thing too. Mm. So it's
0: yeah, it's it's fascinating. So um, I wanted to change gears a bit. I, yeah. I wanted to ask you, when's the next Laronovsky album coming out? Uh, that's a good question, uh,
1: Kieran and, and Barry and I were doing a little bit of recording just for fun in his basement, uh, maybe a month or two ago, uh-huh. and we came up with a couple things that sound okay, but I'm not, you know, I want to, I want to do a bit more. Mm-hmm. The, the, What's the, the name p- of that group? Is it? Well, well the, the the CD we did was just called Inside Out, but I mean. Inside yeah, Out, okay. maybe, Yeah, that was just the name of the, of the okay. recording. I mean, basically, all we did was we took some, stand- I think I, I did one tune on there, but one for ed that i wrote for ed bickard obviously but uh all the other tunes were like standards and jazz standards and we, we just played on them and played as loose as we wanted to right actually i'll tell you a funny story so i think it was the second day of recording on, on that other thing so i pull up i get to romberg's place and he's listening to stuff in the basement i'm coming downstairs and he's got it on there, and he doesn't I, he doesn't tell me what it is so i'm just sitting there listening I'm going, because there was no melody, like the it, the tune just started with blowing, which is something that you know we, we like to do. I'm sure you've done that too. You know, mm-hmm. well, you start off with a tune, and then you might do some blowing, like you know, off the melody or the changes, mm-hmm. without explicitly like stating the melody, kind of thing. You sure, know, so it's much. A, yeah, it's a fun thing to do sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as everybody's clued in to what you, want, you know you can yeah. do. Um, anyway, so I'm listening to this thing, and I'm and I'm going, Wow, it's well, no, it's not that tune. And then, then finally, it clicked what it was, and it was a really, really loose version of Autumn Leaves. Right. Yeah, and we just started right from the get-go, just like I call it a conference call. We just started playing together, you know, like sort of like inspired by like the Bill Evans early trio, like conversational. Yeah. We react off each other and blah blah blah. And, and then and then I looked at him and then after I finally figured out what it was, I looked at him and said, Now we're finally getting there. <laughs> so it was and, you guys actually playing and you weren't recognizing yeah, what the Yeah, yeah, wow. it was from the day before and I came in and I thought you huh. just yeah, and then and then I got it, you know. But so it was fun. it was kind of a revelation in that it was it wasn't like different and unique by any by any stretch of the imagination. But it was it was Quite free. It, there, there was lots. There was structure. We were still following the structure of the song, mm. you know. But we were pushing the envelope. Yeah, and it was nice to sort of hear it for the most part, kind of work out, mm. and not have it so. Uh, it was. It was more implicit as opposed to explicit. In other words, uh, you know, I wasn't being hit over the head with chord tones or arpeggios or like really sort of stereotypical licks or whatever. It was, but still based on the song. Mm-hmm. But, but just the framework was, like, sort of stretched. and you know.
0: That's something that always excited me so much about your group with Kirk MacDonald. Oh, I um, love playing with you Kirk, know, yeah. When I, when I was coming up, that was the band to go see, you know. And uh, the Atlantic Sessions is, right, is to right. me and my generation, a real classic Canadian album. Like, that's the oh, sound of well, that. The, I mean, oh, wow, well, that, that's interesting. I mean, when we yeah. got a hold, I got a hold of that when I was maybe 18 or 19, and just, well, that was, wow, <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, but you would lose me, you know. Sometimes and I wasn't used to being lost so much. Right. Know? Well, you know what? Speaking of that, you know the album that Bill Evans did. Well, he did a, he did a few with
1: Eddie Gomez, but I think the first studio album that was just a duo, it, and I'm sure you've heard it. It's called Intuition. Intuition. Yeah. 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 Who's the uh, bass player? Eddie Gomez. Eddie Gomez. Yeah. It's okay. just the two of them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, And they do Invitation on it. They do uh, this beautiful tune by Mercer Ellington called Blue Surge, that I quite like. Uh, High Lily, High Low. Falling Grace, mm. uh, a beautiful a tune that I haven't heard anybody else play called The Nature of Things.
0: You should you should check this thing out. Oh, well, yeah. I'm
1: sure it's on YouTube.
0: Um, it well, everything's on YouTube. You should go well buy it on uh, Apple Music, right? So oh yeah, oh, yeah sorry, can, yeah, yeah. Pay or pay Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway,
1: so I remember, so there's a tune on there called, called uh, Are You All The Things? I'm sure you can figure out what it's based on. Sure. So it's basically just him and Eddie playing on all the things you are, but because there's no melody, he gets to call it another tune. It's mm-hmm. not really a tune, He gets to call, but then he he'll get publishing from it. Anyway, I'm sure that's not why he did it, he was just blowing on a tune. He starts off playing like a weird three beat figure, and he's also using a Fender Rhodes with the stereo vibrato, so if you have two speakers, the vibrato keeps going back and forth, left right or right left right. Cool. Just back and forth, and the, and the stuff he's playing, he starts by himself like there's no bass, and the first, I'd say, 50 times I listened to it, I'm going, I can sort of hear where one is, but then I got lost. Yeah. And I kept getting lost. And you know, at the time it was a little bit like rushy here and there, but not not so much that it would make me get lost for that reason. It was more like it was my musical inadequacies in terms of um, understanding different rhythmic figures. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it was, it, it, the first part of the solo was like a lot of. Like three beat figures. It was something like this, isn't what he played, but it would be something like, um, uh, let's see, be like one, two, one, two, three, four. Like he kept he took these three beat figures like to the nth degree mm. and then he would sometimes stop the phrase and then come back in in a different spot you know still following the structure of the tune with another three beat
0: figure and just his inner feel of the time Tor- yeah just yeah so
1: yeah yeah and he never worked uh, at that stuff with a metronome he just he did it just from playing and a lot of you know just uh, he did it yeah from a totally uh, intuitive organic mm. approach mm. Anyway, I remember listening to it a whole whack of times, going like, what the hell is this guy doing? And then finally, one day, it clicked. And that was my introduction to three beat figures. You know, like the standard dotted quarter, one, two. Mm-hmm. Dee, da, 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 dee, da. And then he made it so malleable. Plus, he threw in all these other great lines and all, this, all these approach notes everywhere. And it was just like, wow. And I, I listened to that thing to death like mm. it was just you know
0: it's an interesting record you know Yeah,
1: no, you, de- de- you definitely yeah. got to hear this yeah it's a real it's a real eye and ear opener for sure and the whole record's beautiful it's cool yeah it's really really great so yeah he was definitely a big influence mm. absolutely it's great yeah so
0: cool man well, why don't we play one more tune and yeah, yeah. okay. call it a night this has been really fun yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: thanks for coming up
0: thanks for having me yeah,
1: yeah. Um, what do you want to do I don't
0: know what were we talking about there Oh we we talked about maybe a ballad. Oh yeah. Right? Okay. So um which one's that? Oh embrace you? Yeah,
1: yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah the, 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 there's a good example of like uh like uh for reharmonizing things, you know, like um do dee da do do dee do you know, just like slightly tweaking things here and there. Oh yeah. yeah. I love I love spending time on ballads and trying to just come up with different chord changes on them.
0: It's cool.
1: Yeah. Do you want to
0: maybe take the first half uh, on your own? Oh no no I'm, no. We don't yeah. have to do that. No. Oh, I'm, okay. I, I I was just saying. That, yeah, you know, yeah. Like it's it's a,
1: it's a, a great thing to kind of mess around with the tune from a harmonic. Oh yeah. Standpoint, you know, because I mean the melody's been played a gazillion times too, mm. you know. So
0: how abstract do you get with? Uh, oh, well, not. With your no, music? not. No, it's just.
1: I, um, well, I play a little bit of electric bass, so I, I sort of look at those things like from a uh, like a root movement kind of perspective, you know. Mm.
0: So. so it's never like A over F. Oh e well, F
1: well, F. It, well it could. Yeah, I mean it could certainly go that way too. But I usually start from a fundamental mm. thing and then see where it goes from there. Like sub. You know, like like functioning chords or chords that, that are almost the same as other ones. But mm. and because of that, if the chord goes to that one and that one's the same as that one, they can play something that would go to the second chord, and it yeah. you know gives you a
0: different permutation. And your melody is this, so you get right. this available. Exactly. I feel like Ed, Ed and Don Thompson really had that down. They had a whole kind of system yeah. where they have. Um, yeah. System. That's cool. And if you did a roboto, if you went like you know.
1: D- uh, a like a... yeah, you see what I mean? So you're yeah. looking at the melody. Say, well, what are some other chords uh, that would also support that melody? You know? like common. You know, yeah. Chord, you know? So that's the other thing. Like a lot of things where the melody is going to be common. to Other voicings. Or if, you, and then if you do a rubato, like. of different chords on specific melody notes, mm-hmm. whereas if you just went, embrace me, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. So it depends on how you want to phrase the melody mm. too, and then it opens up different doors that way too. Mm. So, lots, well, that's, that's yeah. why I love playing standards, man, they're, like yeah. I said, they're a treasure trove. It's endless. Yeah, yeah it's it's sure. it's fantastic. So yeah. anyway. Great. Okay. All right. Do you want the line or do you want the... Uh... You take it. This okay. We want to hear you. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I want to hear you. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Two, three, four. <laughs> A medley. <laughs>
0: people know where you're playing coming up anything uh Uh, yeah i'm
1: actually playing uh at the Rex uh the week after next with the joe sullivan big band joe's coming in from montreal and then i'm playing in a quintet with him the same week nice and then uh that'll be i guess wednesday and thursday and then the saturday we'll be out at the jazz room uh in waterloo okay yeah
0: great so watch out for that yeah man
2: thank you thanks man all right